Hi there, this is uh, Casey with the Kentucky Trauma Therapist Podcast. Um, today's kind of just uh, in general emotional episode, uh, just to throw that out there. For me, personally, we're recording on my back deck, so excuse, you know, routine back deck noises. Uh, I fought myself on whether or not I was going to do this episode and I think there's at times confusion even on my own noggin of is this podcast for me or is it for for the public or or what's it for I think honestly the answer is seriously both I get a lot out of doing this podcast there's there's so much I get out of it And I I do it at the same time to try and intentionally be beneficial to other people. But, uh, (laughs) today's a story on me, I guess. Um, I'm super out of touch with my emotions. I can help clients all day long get to the root of emotions. I'm pretty well-versed in CBT. Not formally trained, but adequately well-versed and spent a lot of time working with juvenile sex offenders at a local psych hospital or behavioral health hospital and uh when I initially worked on there they've recently switched to a different model in the past couple years but um in the beginning it was CBT so so I've been in and around CBT since I was like 20 21 years old so uh with that being said not such an issue helping other folks figure out what's going on in their heads but i'm pretty well disconnected from my own and i think you know my dad and i went through a lot of stuff once he became a single dad and i struggled with being able to express my emotions and my dad bless his heart like no one ever allowed him to experience his emotions. So you've got an adult trying to raise a kid and neither of them feel entitled to their emotions. And I often struggle with knowing, you know, things will show up in my body way before I'll know what's happening. I'll be like, oh, wow, my chest is in intense amount of pain. Ah, what am I anxious about right now? <laughs> I'm a very somatic person and, uh, Yesterday and today, and I am sure tomorrow, um, will be quite interesting days for me. June 11th of 2021 was when I was scheduled for my DNC. June 13th was the day I didn't know if I would survive it. So, uh, let's go back. Let's go back. I, um, I have no living children. Uh, I have two that didn't make it topside for various reasons. One that, uh, I've publicly expressed about because I find it quite strange that women do not share their miscarriage stories. Uh, Well, let me take that back. I find it strange that we don't allow women safe spaces to express their miscarriage stories. I got pregnant, gosh, I guess it would have been around March or April. I think I found out in April, but um, in in March, I conceived a kiddo. 
a fetus as a bee and uh from the beginning i had this weird feeling it wasn't gonna work out and and looking back on it and, and knowing what i know as a trauma therapist i'm kind of like huh was that like you know ptsd a sense of a foreshortened future or did i just know like it wasn't meant to work out did i know that like bad things were on the way uh I don't know. I don't know. But my friend was my dear, dear friend who I adore more than anything. Um, she lives in Wisconsin and she was actually, I want to say like six months pregnant when I found out I was pregnant. And so she was sending me all the books and all the things. And, and it was so funny because I talk to my clients about this all the time now, like be mindful to just enjoy the space of being happy because once you and I learned this from my own therapist once you set goalposts on I'll be happy when blank happens as soon as the blank thing happens the goalposts just move further away so for example I was notorious of well when I get to high school everything will get better because I'll lose all my baby fat and be cool and then it was well, as soon as I graduate from high school and move on to college, like, everything will be great because I'll live my own life. And then I went off to college and it was, well, as soon as I graduate and as soon as I settle down with a man and as soon as I and as soon as I and as soon as I and it was it was like parroting, parroting, um, the goalpost just kept getting further away. So I wasn't allowed to be happy until blank happened. And I felt that way about becoming a mother. There's a lot of internal struggles around becoming a mother in my relationship with uh, my now ex-husband. And uh, there's so much to it. Like, I just wanted so badly to be a mom. And I wanted to prove that I could be a good mom. And if you've listened to this podcast enough, um, you could probably relate to that. You know, I think when we come from parents that we feel like didn't meet our needs and we're like oh let me prove that I can do it better I, I think that's a little bit of where I was at but as soon as I found out I was pregnant like I think I was happy for uh, 16 hours <laughs> and then the huge anxiety set in of oh shit what if I have a miscarriage and I mean my mind did not take well to that whatsoever. My, my friend had meant it in the best of intentions, but um, she had told me about a website where you, and I'm a huge statistics fan if the statistics, if the statistics are done correctly, but uh, she told me about a website where you could check, like, what's the statistics around me miscarrying today? Which, for scientific purposes, is fine. But I literally checked that thing. In the beginning, it was once a day. It turned to twice. And then sometimes three times a day. I would consistently run the numbers to try and figure out what were my odds of this baby living. The second I found out I was pregnant, I went to the doctor. They confirmed everything. A couple weeks later, I got to see the heartbeat. And that's such a wild experience. Seeing this little beat on a screen. But I remember, I don't know if I actually have verbalized this out loud. 
until right now, but I, I, the, 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 um, oh gosh, are they called a sonogramist? I don't know their technical title. Um, but they were like, huh, you know, are you sure that the last date of your period is right? And I was like, yes, yes, it has to be. It, it has to be. And, or the, the first day of your last period. Are you sure that's right? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, okay, well, you know, it's a, a little bit of a weaker heartbeat, heart rate, but, um, you know, maybe they're just a little far behind or maybe some of your numbers are off and I didn't think anything about it, but I, I still continuously check that website all the time, which fun fact, it's an OCD behavior. I don't think I qualify for an OCD diagnosis, but it falls underneath that anxiety umbrella and so it's, it's not far away. You know, a lot of anxiety diagnoses, like you could do a Venn diagram and they have some, some things that bleed over into each other, including for this one being just checking that site all the time. You know, I'm checking the site to hopefully feel better about the likelihood, the odds of a miscarriage not happening. Uh, I got scheduled in with a midwife that I super valued. Um, she had been my OBGYN when I very first moved to Bowling Green. I had always sat, she had, she had left, uh, that, you know, a, a regular checkup doctor status to, to become like, uh, just only delivering babies. I'm not using the best terminology here. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had a, um, pregnancy to completion that's probably not the right words jesus you can tell i'm raised by a dad um but whatever uh so, so point being i'd always said to myself with with me getting pregnant or or when i get pregnant or if i get pregnant she's the one i want to be my midwife and um i had an appointment scheduled with her and so excited we're going to go see the baby together. My ex-husband was going to be able to join me. And, um, I remember them being like, huh, that's so weird. You know, your, um, your heartbeat's not showing up. We see the gestational sac, but there, there's no heartbeats and there's no fetus. And they're like, you must be only four weeks along. I was like, no, 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 no. I had to say positive. You know, by then it was, I was like, it should be 10 weeks along. And they were like, uh, you, you could tell it was so awkward. <laughs> uh, only for me probably, but I, I, I could tell on the look on their faces that there was an, a huge amount of discomfort because they didn't want to be the ones to tell me there's no fetus there. So they got the results from the other doctor who had confirmed the pregnancy and, you know, the, the midwife and uh, a nurse practitioner. They pulled me into an office and they very courteously explained that there was no fetus in the sack. The extreme horror and panic I had. For multiple reasons. Um, we had told a lot of our family. And so there, there was a, a fear of everyone's going to blame me because I'm an overweight woman. Um, and, well, I mean, because I'm a woman. 
we get blamed for so many things that go wrong in nature because I think we're the closest thing that society has to compare to nature. You know, we have cycles that connect us to the moon and to the ocean and might be getting a little hippity-dippity here and, and that's okay. But, um, I just knew it was going to happen and it did. Like it, it literally did come from some mouths that I did not expect it to happen and for them to say to my face or over the phone about how, you know, well, if you decide to do like uh, a weight loss journey or something of the sort to help you conceive next time. And everyone was so focused on the next time. And I hadn't even mourned this time. I remember feeling like I didn't have the time to be able to mourn. So private practice world, you know, if I don't see a person, I don't get paid. And if I don't get paid, I don't eat. Um, some people like to say clients don't understand it. I think they do, though. I, I don't think that's a accurate. But it's, you know, if there's a cancellation or if I have, like, whether that's on the client's behalf or on mine, like, I don't, I don't get paid for that hour of work. People do like cancellation fees and stuff like that i've always had a hard time with well i've worked predominantly with lower income folks and so i have an internal struggle with charging them i'm getting on a tangent let me come back in so uh i remember not feeling like i could take a lot of time off of work because my finances at that time were not awesome by any means like um it just wasn't a good time. It, was, it wasn't a good time to have a miscarriage. It was not a good time to have a medical emergency. Uh, so they gave me a couple of options. They told me I could take some pills that's traditionally used uh, to help abort the fetus. I did those and they didn't take. So they wanted me to wait another week and then but then I'm I've got a 12 week old gestational sack. I don't think I don't know if I'm using appropriate medical terms or not. Um I should have been 12 weeks along pregnant. Put it that way. Just for them to say, well, your options are to keep waiting or to have a DNC. And here's the thing, like, first off, I'm the most impatient person I know. <laughs> and then second off, like, I, like, I, my poor clients, I messed with their schedule so much already. It just didn't feel fair to them. It didn't feel fair to me for us to keep doing this weird thing of they didn't know when their next appointment was. I didn't know the next time I was going to be able to work. Like, there's a whole bunch of issues there, so... I scheduled a DNC for June 11th, 2021, exactly 13 days before my 31st birthday. I don't think I have the capacity to explain the process. You know, the, the feeling of like, I have to be strong for the nurses to not cry. And my friend actually. Uh, a very good friend of mine. Took me. To go have my DNC done. 
And I I got a vibe from a couple of folks that they would have preferred me to have just waited for it to happen naturally. And so I, I felt like they were annoyed that I had decided to go through with the DNC. I'm okay with it. Whether they were annoyed in all actuality or whether it's just all in my head, it doesn't matter because I'm, I'm glad that I did it. Um, because I'm not sure I emotionally could have waited much longer to, to see what was going to happen next. I had felt out of control in my body for so long. Um, how did DNC? It uh, went okay. Um, uncomfortable pressure. Um, June thirteenth is a whole other story that maybe I'll share one day. <laughs> June thirteenth is when the pain actually hits, the physical pain at that. And maybe one day it'll have its purpose to be in a story, but not for today. Um. I tried to heal as fast as I could. Like, like it was something I could, like a checklist. Like, okay, just hurry up. Mark all the things off the checklist and then you'll be so much better. And I did all the things. And I bought all the things. And I did all the things. And I thought it would make me feel better. And I think I convinced myself that it had. The closest to allowing myself to grieve... I think came in the form of a poem. It, I actually... Uh, that's the whole point of this episode. The two-headed calf. I'm going to try and share it without crying. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's, a, it's a really intense poem for me. And um, Let's get that pulled up here. It's uh, called The Two-Headed Calf by Laura Gilpin. I think is the correct way to say their name. Two-headed calf. Tomorrow in the farm, boys. Tomorrow in the farm, boys. Found this freak of nature. They will wrap his body in newspaper and carry him to the museum. But tonight he is alive and in the north field with his mother. It is a perfect summer evening. <clears throat> the moon rising over the orchard, the wind in the grass, and as he stares into the sky, there are twice as many stars as usual. When I lost my baby, I think I forgot to have like how like how real joy felt I didn't know um if joy could exist after that and what I love about that poem is that even in great travesty there is joy and you just have to look for it and in this situation, you know, for just a second, it was just twice as many stars. 
actually, on a completely unrelated note, had someone recently ask me how I was doing. And I don't even think this person knew, like, the anniversary date was coming up soon. And for the first time, I I looked back on the past year. And all of the things that transpired in the past year. There was so much joy. Um, so I guess I would have found out I was pregnant right around four weeks. And those six weeks that I knew that of me being pregnant, there was a a weird joy. Even though I knew, I, I think I knew deep down inside something wasn't right the entire time, but... And I can't explain that. There's no science behind that. I have no science to back up what I just said. But I just, I had always had this vibe something wasn't right. Um, you know, that baby served a purpose. Shortly after uh, the DNC, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started having uh, agoraphobic behaviors. I couldn't leave my house, um, and they coincided with a whole bunch of anxiety and some OCD-like behaviors just about. This is what led me to seek out a specialist who worked in OCD. Uh, fun fact, he, <laughs> he doesn't, he, he never felt like I met criteria for OCD, but, but he, he, uh, he was the gateway. So sorry. I'm sure the audio is not the most awesome. I'm sure you can hear dogs barking in the background. Promise and do not abuse or neglect my critters. They just um, don't understand why they're not getting to also sit on the back deck. But um, it feels gross being this vulnerable. But the, these behaviors, the the borderline OCD behaviors, the the agoraphobic responses, couldn't leave the house after my DNC, all of these things. My baby's passing led me to seek out help, to go seek out this specialist. And this specialist in OCD, he's a therapist out of Minnesota. Even if I didn't qualify for an OCD diagnosis, Uh, He treated me for the PTSD aspect. And in doing so, a whole slew of things came to the top. That I thought I had worked through. That I thought didn't even exist or matter anymore. And then all of a sudden, I found a voice that I didn't know I had. I was allowed to get angry. And advocate for myself in a way that had never happened before in my entire life. And I was finding myself advocating in a way that I, you know, I do for my clients without batting an eye. And I was all of a sudden applying it to myself. My DNC was on June 11th. June 13th was one of the hardest days of my life. Um, 
I couldn't keep down my prescription pain medication that was assisting me through the physical pains of the DNC. And, uh, <laughs> it was awful. October 4th, I decided to start my life over. And doing so, did so, in a, it, it was in a way of I now have glimpses of hope and happiness and joy that I thought I could only read about in a textbook. You know, at one point in time, uh, I thought I experienced mania. The joke actually is it was never mania. It was just I didn't know what it was like to be happy without anxiety ruling my life. My two-headed calf. My two-headed calf served a purpose. Even if it never came topside. This is not like a psychoeducational episode. This is really just me stating I don't know. I guess that there is joy, there is happiness, those things do exist after some of the biggest amounts of turmoil you've ever experienced. That baby that disappeared out of nowhere, <laughs> that fetus that existed and had a heartbeat and then one day did not, saved my life. And I don't think we just, I just don't think we know how to appreciate those things until they happen much later. Or, or, well, let me reframe that. Not until they happen much later, but after they happen, like, much later, it sinks in and we realize that was a pivotal moment in our lives. It's all working out. And even if my baby didn't make it topside, they serve their purpose. If you believe in things like that, and that might be like my rural, <laughs> predominantly Christian raised background, but they serve their purpose and they broke generational trauma that they never had to experience. I'm so grateful for that baby. My little <laughs> two-headed calf. So when people ask me, like, are you okay? Like, you know, it had to be awful. Like, truly the answer is I, I am okay. 
you know, I, I think I, I get, and this may be like my personality type. I always get hung up on people's purpose and, and their meaning. And I, I don't even, I think people's purpose really should just be to be happy and enjoy life. But we don't really live in a world that supports that notion. But I think like my baby serve their purpose. And I will be a mom. And that will be fulfilled. And it may not be in the traditional sense. And it's so okay. Um, I've always wanted to be a foster mom and, and adopt. It's always been a goal of mine since I was probably like... I, I used to work in child welfare. And that's been a goal. A long, long-term goal of mine. I will be a mom. But first off, I kind of already am. All the energy I directed into reading all of those books and all of those things to, to figure out how to be a good mom to that baby, that my, my two-headed calf, all of that stuff I did. You know, as soon as I found out that they had exited this plane of existence, I took all of that energy and I put it into learning how to mother myself. And my life has been amazing since then. It's been awfully hard at times. And at the same time, there's those glimpses of twice as many stars in the sky. And it feels like magic. And I owe that to that unborn child. I greatly appreciate you listening. Uh, <laughs> again, like I'm not sure how psychoeducational this was um and that's okay because that's I, I don't have any rules on this podcast it's kind of just whatever I'm feeling in the moment and that's okay too so thanks for listening and if you know someone out there who's went through a miscarriage or is going through a miscarriage or any of those things like it's It's such an interesting process. All of those decisions on what you do next and how you heal. And whatever you do, please don't shame them on how they decide that they think is best for them to heal. Because unless you've been through this shit, like, god damn. I'm going to go do a whole bunch of self-care. But I just really felt like I had to get this out of my head and get this out of my noggin and say it out loud. Before tomorrow comes, before June 13th comes. So, take the best of care, y'all. Sorry for the piss-poor audio. Maybe one of these days I'll get, like, actual professional equipment. But until then, thanks for still listening. Much love. Y'all take care. Oh, and happy Pride Month. Happy June. June's my favorite. Love y'all.